2: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Maureen McGowan with teammate Elia Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. On today's episode, we're learning how the most successful people work from home from our favorite time management expert, Laura Vanderkam. By the way, Laura was on season two with overall tips for disrupting your time management skills. We'll link to that earlier episode in the show notes. I'm not sure about you guys, but as we roll into month seven, I know I can't believe it, of COVID quarantine and working from home for many of us, I'm starting to feel just way more burnt out. The work from home tips I found useful in March and April are starting to wear off a bit. So I'm really very much ready to create some new routines
1: with over 18 years of experience working remotely, plus original interviews with managers, employees, and free agents who've perfected their remote routines. Laura Vanderkam is here to share new tips from her book, the new corner office, how the most successful people work from home that we can all use to add some new energy to our work from home lives we'll be discussing two things on today's episode. One, how to turn being cooped up into the ultimate career advantage. And two, five ways to work from home more successfully. And now this is The Females.
2: Hi, Laura. Welcome back to The Females. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we should start by letting everyone know that you can listen to Laura's first episode, which was on the females. It's called disrupting time management, which I highly recommend because one, it's great, but also they can learn more about how you became a time management expert, um, and your whole background, which I'll link to in the show notes. So for this episode, I'd love to hop right into how people can turn being cooped up into the ultimate career advantage.
0: Yeah. Well, so many people have started working from home for the first time in the wake of, Covid nineteen, and in the past, working from home was seen as this work-life balance perk. It was, you know, given to people who'd been at an organization for several years. But even so, it was only going to be on Friday because everybody knows that Friday is the least productive day of the week. So, if, you know, you assume that nobody's working. So, like, if they're working from home, so better minimize the opportunity cost. But then, you know, Covid nineteen happened, and, and millions of people began working from home overnight. And there have been, you know, various challenges with it for sure, especially people with various caregiving responsibilities, but a lot of people are also discovering that it's a great way to work, right? You, people are can be more productive, they can be more efficient, they can work how they work best, they're more comfortable. And... Because of that, there, there are great opportunities for, for people who you know, would like to incorporate this into their long-term career practice. You know, Working from home a couple days a week is a great way to steward your energy, to sort of triage how your network grows, to uh, even have more time for work if you want, because you're not wasting time on commuting, and, and to be more productive when you work how you work best.
2: Yeah, I also think that what I'm noticing is without those side conversations that end up, you know, always lasting an hour for whatever reason at work, you can be a little bit more specific and prioritize your focus and your time into chunks because there isn't, you know, the interruption of, you know, a birthday at the office or someone coming by your desk. So I I have at least noticed that for myself is my time and my projects seem to almost be more focused and more organized.
1: It seems like on the other spectrum of that, where when you're in the office, when you do have like those moments of breaks or distraction, you are like chatting with someone or whatever. But I find personally, when I'm working from home, my breaks are way more healthy. Like it's like to go walk, to go, you get to invest yeah, in a little bit of like an actual mental break. Yeah. You get up and um, move rather than constant stimulation.
0: Very true. Yeah. No offices can be distracting places, and and you know there are upsides to working face to face. And I'm certainly not saying that long term everybody needs to be fully remote. I think that coming out of this, a lot of organizations will come to more of a hybrid model, um, where people might work from home two days a week or something like that. But you know it it's, it doesn't have to be 40 hours in the office. And there are some really good reasons not to, like we talked about the the fewer distractions. And that way, when you are in the office you can focus those days on more mm-hmm. social activity, right? You know, those are yeah. the days that you do have that long conversation when the person comes by, knowing that you will have time when you're home to get stuff done.
1: Yeah, and I think that people have kind of found their routine in working from home now. And that kind of brings up my next point. In your work, it seems like routines and habits play a big role in someone's overall success. So what's the science or research behind why routines and consistently practicing certain habits works so well, regardless if you're, you know, an introvert or an extrovert, a self-starter or someone who prefers more detailed directions?
0: Well, the upside of habits is that they're automatic. And so we don't have to waste energy deciding. And so if you have good habits, then good things happen automatically. The opposite's true, of course, too. If you have bad habits, then, then bad things happen <laughs> automatically. But if you can get those right, then you can find yourself making a lot of progress toward your goals and um, being healthier and happier as, as well. And you know, the thing about working from home is that you are more in charge of your own time. And so you do have to develop some good habits. Uh, you know, for many people, it's coming up with a way to let themselves know that they are in work mode. Um, mm-hmm. It's also coming up with a way to know that you are not in work mode anymore, right? We talked about having breaks during the day and um, having healthy breaks. If you, you know, go for a 20 minute walk every lunch, well, that's a lot of walking in the course of, uh, of a week. That's a lot of exercise as a proportion of the exercise you need. So, you know, it's, It's good to think about these things that what would happen if I did this frequently um, and would it make a real benefit in my life and in my working life? And if so, try and put it in as often as possible.
2: Yeah. I feel like there's just an overall good, you know, the overall lesson, good habits equal good, bad habits equal bad. But I'm curious, cause I do think there are people who really do struggle with consistently sticking to a routine or a habit maybe, maybe because it, whatever the reason, but maybe it's some, something that's completely out of their control. Are they doomed? What's the tips for people who maybe really struggle with consistently sticking to a habit?
0: Well, you know, every day is going to be slightly different, but I do think Mm -hmm. it helps to come up with some sort of template for your work from home days. Like when roughly do you plan to break for lunch? You know, when roughly will you take a mid-morning break and when roughly will you take that very important mid-afternoon break that keeps you from, you know, zoning out and losing (laughs) half the afternoon? you know, what kind of work do you generally want to do first? Well, it tends to be whatever is most difficult or what is, you know, requires the most concentration since most people are more fresh in the morning. Um, When generally would you like to do less important calls and meetings? Like when generally is a good time to check email? And if you have a rough template for your days or if, you know, days can't be the same, maybe it's a rough template for your weeks. Mm-hmm. Then again, you don't have to waste energy deciding. Like if you know you have a really tough thing, well, maybe Monday morning first thing, that's when you always tackle it. So you're not like, well, should I try to attempt this Tuesday at 4 p.m.? No. <laughs> yeah. know, that's that's yeah. not a good time. As much as you can develop at least a rough template, then you can pace yourself and, and monitor your energy through the day knowing like, okay, now I need to save up my energy for the difficult meetings I always have at noon. Or, you know, I can sort of zone out or not pay attention to email in the morning because I know I'm going to check it at two. That sort of thing.
2: Yeah, it's all, I feel like a big piece of this too is recognizing the your energy levels, which as you said, most people have more energy in the morning versus that four o'clock. So if you need to, you could even start with like tracking when you have the most energy and then moving into the habit and the routine for each day, which I, I like a lot because people who maybe feel like they struggle with this, it's like, but maybe you don't need to try to stick to the same thing every day, you're putting too much pressure on yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody has to figure out what works for them for sure.
1: Yeah. And I would say this is probably extremely applicable to the working parent. And something I just learned is that you're a working parent of five kids. So how do the hacks and tips that you'll share next change for people who are full-time working and full-time parenting right now, especially since research is showing that women are being The most negatively impacted by the lack of childcare available right now?
0: Well, so I think the lack of childcare is yes and no. Uh, That it may be that it needs to look different right now for some people, but long term going forward, you can't effectively work from home and be the parent in charge of your young children during the hours that you intend to work. And yes, I know a lot of people's schedules were disrupted, but we can't be in crisis mode constantly. So if this means that you need to, hire a sitter for a couple hours a week to make sure that you have some focused time. Do it, right? If you need to swap care with another family, great. A lot of people are, you know, swapping with a partner, for instance, like coming up with a split schedule that, you know, this person works these hours and the other person covers the other hours and between the two of them, you know, you can guarantee that there's a certain number of focused hours. It may not be 40 hours a week, but it's something. I've developed a schedule that's on my website if anyone wants to see for a two-parent couple to each get about 30 hours a week of focused work um, just
2: by swapping. We'll put that in the show notes too. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, and I would I would say that don't be a martyr in this situation. Like if, if there is something you could do to get focused work hours, don't just sort of say, oh, I'm going to make do. You, no, you really can't long-term make do. You need to come up with something, whether it's, you know, actually setting a schedule with a partner, swapping care with another family, hiring a sitter, um, taking advantage of any programs that are open in your area. You know, we made a choice to pull our five-year-old out of the public schools when they weren't opening in person, put him in a private program because they were opening in person and he needed to be out of the house. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's, it's, these things cost, money, obviously, but you know, people are probably traveling less, eating out less, <laughs> I mean, burning yeah. less gas. There, there may be money that could be moved from other categories. And I would argue that especially since women are bearing the brunt of this, that's also about speaking up and saying, I am a family financial priority right now. My work is a family financial yeah. priority and saying the money should be going from these other things to making sure that we have coverage.
2: Right. I like the way you phrased that. I think everybody can use that in their language at home right now. Well, up next, Laura will share five ways the most successful people work from home and you can too. I want to take a quick break to talk about Aslo. 2020 is the year that will go down in history as having changed in pretty much every possible way. So tell me this, why haven't banks seemed to change at all? We're still waiting in line at the bank. We're still being charged maintenance fees or the dreaded overdraft fee. That's why I love Aslo, the free business checking account taking baking into 2020. Aslo has everything a small business needs. Invoicing, bill pay, money transfer, no minimum balance requirements, and no maintenance or overdraft fees. I know, doesn't that sound great? Instead of the days it takes at a traditional bank where you are still required to go in person see what I mean? They literally are not (laughs) equipped for 2020. With Aslo, you just have to go to aslo.com and apply in minutes. There's no waiting to use your account. It takes less than 10 minutes to get approved. So it's O.com to apply in just 10 minutes or less. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access it instantly. For those of you who run your own business, you know how important it is to be able to access that money right away. And now they've launched the all new Aslo Pro Bundle for only $10 a month with tools like unlimited envelopes to organize your money, discounted instant transfers, and the ability to set up reoccurring invoices. Because you listen to this podcast, you can try Aslo Pro free for 14 days at aslo.com slash females. So one more time for that spelling, it's A-Z-L-O dot females to get Aslo Pro free for 14 days. Aslo's banking services are provided by BBVA USA. They're a member of FDIC. Money Magazine called Aslo the, quote, best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs. And Aslo's co-founder is one of the Fortune Magazine's latest 40 Under 40. So they're safe. They're legit. It's everything you want in a banking partner. When you're a business owner, every minute and every dollar counts. One of my personal favorite things about Aslo is the seamless integrations with software I'm already using. Aslo integrates with Stripe, Square, and PayPal to make payment fast and easy. That's right. We want people to be able to pay us quickly. Learn more with a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide, or get started right now and get a Aslo Pro free account for 14-day trial at aslo.com slash females. So again, there's no minimum deposit required to get started for free. We all love that word free. Go to aslo.com slash females. So that's spelled A-Z-L-O.com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S. Aslo is the no-brainer banking solution for the busy business owner making it happen in 2020.
1: You know, those things you're too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating, like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating, because we're all kind of confused together. So you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme, and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two. The first thing to do is manage by task, not time. Can you elaborate on that?
0: So, so much of the workplace uh, historically has been about time. You know, how many hours you are working. People show up at a certain time. They leave at a certain time. And you know, you've put in an honest day's labor when you've been there, the acceptable number of hours, right? Generally around eight. People have sort of managed groups of people by saying, well, do I have a bunch of busy looking people in chairs for eight hours. There then people are getting stuff done. And when people are working from home, you really can't do that. And it it, you know, it can be rough on managers to adjust to that. It's also rough on people themselves because psychologically, when you aren't going anywhere, like if you're not getting anything done, you really feel that you are getting nothing done.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because there's no busy, yeah. There's no
0: busy looking. Like there's no that I've shown my face for eight hours, therefore I've done my duty. You know, you're just sitting there in your house. Like you could feel so unproductive. But you know, it's also there's no real reason to just be saying, "Well, am I at my computer for eight hours?" It's more a question of, "Well, what have I gotten done?" And so, as people are moving to this less time-based system, I suggest managing days, managing weeks by, well, I, have I accomplished, you know, an appropriate number of challenging but doable tasks? You know, have I taken enough steps toward my goals and my organization's goals? And this is how people can manage as well. You know, you can sit down with your direct reports and say, like, "Okay, over the course of the week." these are the things we'd like to have happen. Again, this list should hopefully be challenging, but doable and, you know, check in with the person. How are they doing? And by Friday, they can report back and say, did we do those things? And if those things are done and done well, well, it doesn't really matter what hours they were sitting there. I mean, obviously sometimes people need to do synchronous work and, you know, teams need to be online together, but, you know, it doesn't mean everyone has to report right at nine and, you know, wait until five to, to log off. It, it can be a lot more flexible as long as the work is getting done.
2: Yeah. I couldn't agree more with this. I think the sitting at your desk for eight hours doing nothing does nothing to help the organization. So even if you're a boss and you feel good about that, it's like, well, you shouldn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, you <laughs> should not. Um, and I, I agree that managing your day by task. I know for me, I make my to-do list usually the night before, which is a tip I got from you in the last episode, usually the night before for the next day. And I tackle it task by task. I don't really, and my time is more split up by like, okay, I know I want to eat lunch at this time. And then I know that basically after two o'clock, I can't do like heavy brain lifting type work. So I've been doing this and I will say like, you do get that sense of accomplishment because you get to cross off that to-do list item too, which is, just the best feeling. <laughs> so satisfying. So satisfying yeah. my friend puts them on post-its and then she literally crinkles them up and it's a very <laughs> aggressive crinkle. And I'm like, I understand though. That that you need that satisfaction right now. Exactly. So next you say, get the rhythm right. So what's a rhythm?
0: Well, this is what we talked about with how the day will go. You know, if you establish a certain template for the day, like how do you start your day? When do you take your breaks? Uh, What sort of work do you do when? How do you end your day? Um, Because a good day needs an end. And, and, you know, hopefully we have, Crossed everything off the to-do list. And when that's done, it's done, whatever time it happens to be. But if if some of your work isn't necessarily amenable to that, maybe there's another way that you decide, okay, the day is done. Because when you're commuting home, that signals that the day is done. Like there's a natural bookend to the day. You're not going to sleep at the office. So even if you're working long hours, it will end at some point. But when you're working from home, that's not necessarily the case. And what people wind up doing is half working and half surfing the web late into the evening, and you're not getting much done, but you're not relaxing either. And so it's really the worst of all possible worlds. So, you know, come up with some way to let yourself know the day is over. And that way, even if you can see your workspace from the rest of your house, it's okay because you know there's a time for work and and now is not that time.
2: What are some examples when you were talking to people who are successfully doing this? What are some examples of how they, you know, acknowledge the end of the day or ritualize like the end of the day?
0: You know, certainly writing your to-do list for the next Mm -hmm. day is a a great way to end the day. You could call a colleague or your team to say goodbye. You can go do something like walk the dog or pick your kids up from school or a sitter's house. You can, uh, you know, call a relative, go work in your garden for a bit. Uh, Maybe you have some sort of commitment, like a book club that you have, you know, online book club or something. Um, But just some way that you know that now is not work time. And mm-hmm. even just shutting down your laptop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's something
0: as simple as that. Like turning off your lights. Turning the off the lights. Like, don't yeah. leave it on once you've decided to be done. I mean, you can always start it back up again if you want to, but um, that sometimes that's just a little way of saying, okay, you know, I'm going to have this space now.
1: Yeah, I think Microsoft Teams just added like a commute feature to their ah! video conference calls and they partnered with Headspace. So I think I basically, that. you know, commuting is that time where you are driving to, from work or even walking to lunch or whatever, where you just kind of have time to think a little bit. Um, you don't notice it, I guess, if you're constantly going into work, but they have this feature where I, th- I haven't really like s- interacted with it. But from what I understand is you can just click on it and it'll go uh, through like a headspace meditation. That's like, you know, 10 minutes that's or so something. Smart. Mm-hmm. That's smart. And so that's your like virtual commute. So I feel like something like that too, um, where anyone can kind of schedule that into their day without having a feature built in.
2: Yeah. A faux commute basically Mm -hmm. is what you're creating. I know, I know the one person who she also lights a candle. It's like her way of like transitioning from work time to, you know, being off work. So find what works for you basically, but that's, that's your rhythm, which I think is, I, I, I agree with you, Laura, a hundred percent. I feel like the way you start your day and kind of look at the whole day, especially having the end, it's like, That's what makes people have successful days or days where, you know, they go to bed and they've been online, as you said, surfing the web for hours, but not getting anything done, which is frustrating for sure.
1: So your third way to work from home more successfully is to build your team. And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, there's this idea that working from home isn't social and you can't really uh, build relationships with people and while i do admit freely that you know working face to face or interacting face to face is certainly the the best way to interact there's downsides to it too i mean i think we're you know it's overkill to be in an office with the exact same people for 40 hours a week virtual video conferences it's about 75% as good as as being in person because like our brains don't naturally distinguish between seeing someone on a screen and seeing someone in real life because why wouldn't they? Like are we, you know, we're we're not evolved to think that way. If anyone who's had a career in television for the rest of their lives, people are coming up to them in the supermarket being like, I know you from somewhere. It's like, well, no, you you don't know them. You were just watching their weather every morning in the news for, for 10 years and you think you know them because of that. So it's the same thing. Like you see someone on Zoom every you know, Tuesday morning, you feel like, you know, them, (laughs) and yeah, it's substituted when you complement that with the occasional uh, face-to-face meeting, you really can build a real relationship, but there's other things you can do too. I mean, you can start meetings with social chit chat. You can do facilitated social things like a book group or, you know, any sort of lessons or uh, discussions with experts or things like that not the Zoom happy hour. That's a bit of a pandemic cliche. Like, just don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, I, there's also a point with, with building your team. Like, you bu- need to build an external network too. And I have found that people who are in an office 40 hours a week tend to under-invest in building their external network. Because, you know, you eat lunch with your colleagues, you go to coffee with your colleagues, you feel like you are, you know, immersed with other people in your industry all the time. And that's great until it isn't. Like, you know, if for some reason your colleagues are no longer useful to you, like if your organization goes through mass layoffs, like somebody outside your organization is actually a lot more useful to you than somebody who's in it. And when you work from home, you aren't subject to those group time norms that kind of keep people from doing that. Like, you know, in a lot of offices, even very progressive ones, like, you have to explain where you're going. If you're leaving at two o'clock to go have coffee with some random other person, <laughs> like, like yeah. where is she going? You know, yeah. why, why isn't she having lunch with us? We always have lunch on Monday. Well, oh, she's having lunch with somebody who works at a competitor. What does that mean? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, where is when you're at home, you're like, you don't have that. Like you could just go do it. And, and I know that when you're working from home, it's easy to just stay at home. Um, but, but wise people don't do that all the time. Like they, you know, they try to at least once a week meet someone else. And, and because you're not in an office 40 hours a week, you might feel a little bit more pressure to expand the network outside of it. And that ultimately can give you a more robust
2: network too. Mm-hmm. So build your team is about your internal team, the people the coworkers you do work with, but also the external, so the mentors, the professional connections, maybe even the team that you need to help you live your life as you mentioned, the babysitter or or whatever support you need there.
0: Exactly. That's part of your team as well.
2: Yeah. So the fourth way to become more successful at working from home is to think big. How do people continue to grow their career and and chase their ambitions? You know, people are feeling like their careers are on pause right now without the face to face how do how do they continue to do that is it networking online networking what are we looking at
0: well the interesting thing is that i mean everyone is in the same boat right now. Yeah. This. So it's not like you're working at home and everyone else is not. I mean, so this is a, a slight difference from the normal thing with like, oh, well, if I work from home two days a week, is that going to shoot my career in the foot? Well, yeah. if everyone is, it's it's not quite the same. That said, you know, I know a lot of people do feel like their careers are on pause because there's not that same new inputs day to day. It's harder to engineer sort of more new things in your life, new serendipitous stuff, new discoveries, new conversations you know, you can make this happen. Like you should call people and talk to people about random stuff, but you know, people sometimes don't. So you have to engineer a little bit more serendipity into your life. And so I tell people just try speculative stuff, like try a big project of some variety. Like maybe it's that you're gonna make two introductions a week, right? Like of people in your network, you're gonna make two introductions every week for like the next three months and see what happens. Or, you know, reach out to someone new every morning for the next three months and see what happens. Or, you know, start writing, you know, three blog posts a week for an industry publication for the next three months and see what happens. Like something's going to happen. I don't know what, <laughs> but something, right. all that activity tends to generate something from the universe. And and then you can see what it is and if you like it and if it brings new opportunities that you you would like
1: to have.
2: Yeah. I think, the common misconception is that, you know, these big, huge moments in your career happen kind of out of the blue. And it's like, if you ask anybody that promotion, big project, the new job, whatever it is, it never happens like that it always happened because they did some small thing over and over and over and over again, that eventually led to you know, the introduction that led them to the job that led them to this or whatever it is like that. So uh, this obviously goes back to your first point, which is about build good habits, right? And if you want to learn a new skill, then build that habit into an hour a day, focus on building that new skill or whatever it is. Exactly.
1: I think also like sometimes when you think of just the end point of like, I just want this promotion or I just want this without focusing on like the small steps or the process or like doing good work, it almost like stalls you too, where it's just like, how do I even reach that? <laughs> yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. So it's just like, I think in this instance, it's really important to just do really good work, like just good process and stuff that you enjoy or like continued learning or something like that, that will benefit you regardless of like any sort of external validation that's coming mm-hmm. way. So the last tip you have is to make sure you're optimizing well-being. Can you share some examples of this?
0: So when you work from home, you do have an opportunity to steward your energy in ways that are really good, given how demanding the pace of the modern economy can be. Things like sleep and exercise don't take time. They make time. And so if you're not waking up so, so early to commute, maybe you can sleep a little bit longer. Maybe you can use some of that time that you would have been commuting to exercise. Um, There's some time diary data that people who work from home do get a little bit more physical activity than people who are in offices, which, you know, when do people exercise? Well, seven in the morning, six at night. When do people who have long commutes sit in cars? Seven in the morning, six at night. Like this this is when... You know the opportunity is there with that time, but you know if if you're working from home, you, you have these extra minutes. But there's lots of things you can do to make sure that you are having a good life working from home. Um, you know, certainly building in time to move, um, making sure you are eating healthfully, that you're getting enough sleep, that your office environment. Is not harming you. <laughs> you have really mm-hmm. an opportunity to not only make it healthy in terms of ergonomics and such, but actually make it pleasurable too. Uh, you know, get your your happy temperature, so you're not freezing or too hot or whatever it is. You know, if you want to burn that pumpkin spice candle, well, you are not <laughs> going to be able to do that at your headquarters most likely, but you can certainly do it in your home office. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just figure out what would put you in your happy place and and make that happen.
2: Yeah, I used to have like a three hour commute and I used to have to get up at five o'clock AM at the latest. Otherwise, it's just like there wasn't enough hours in the day. And I have been sleeping until 6 30 pretty much every day in pandemic. And I just have to tell you, it feels like I'm getting up at like 11 a.m. Like it feels <laughs> so luxurious. And I was thinking about this the other day about energy levels and the fact that especially so many of us were in that go, go, go. And it's like, but it wasn't completely natural, right? Like your natural wake up time would have been a little bit later because that's whatever the case. And but you're able, you know, I was like forcing myself because there literally weren't enough hours in the day. So I can't agree more with the commute time just like, okay, then how can you replace it and and find what you need for your well-being because um it is a really unique opportunity as you said everybody's working from home right now and that means everybody's maybe handed in a commute, whether that was 10 minutes or three hours. So it's, it's huge.
0: Well, the three hour people found a lot more time. (laughs) Yes,
2: we did. Honestly. Yeah. It's been game changing. All right. So let's recap. So Laura's five ways to work from home more successfully are number one, manage your day by task, not time. Number two, get the rhythm, right? Number three, build your team. And remember, that's internal and external people. Number four, think big and continue to grow your career. And number five, optimize well being. And don't forget, Laura goes more in depth on these tips and habits that you can create for more successful working from home in her new book. It's called The New Corner Office. She also has a podcast by the same name. That's really fantastic. Highly recommend subscribing. I also really like it that it's short. <laughs> so it's perfect for your faux commute if you want. And then I'll also link to your schedule for the two working parents for the 30 hours a week work, because I think that will be incredible as well.
0: Wonderful. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And thank you to everyone who's left a new review. Literally, it makes our day. We put in our Slack channel and everything.
1: Another thing that can help you successfully work from home, learning how to enact a successful virtual collaboration strategy. That's where our newest online course, Remote Control, comes in. Get step-by-step training for how to become excellent at virtual collaboration, including project management skills and templates, ways to improve team communication, and running online meetings that actually get results. You can learn more about this online course, Remote Control, in the show notes.
2: And a big thank you to Laura Vanderkam for sharing her time and wisdom today. Be sure to check out Laura's new ebook, The New Corner Office, which we will link to in the show notes as well.